All right, praise God. Definitely, I just would say, it's definitely time for us to uh, to get ready. And I, I think, um, you know, thinking about what it was that God wanted me to talk about today, that's kind of what I kept hearing from, from him was get ready, get ready, get ready. Um, and the way this message kind of kind of came about, and, and you've heard us, myself and Pastor Cobb say this plenty of times, that, you know, we don't ever plan what are we going to talk about and everything. And um, I had... Uh, was asking him, you know, what are we, what are we going to do Sunday with the, with the message? You know, is it going to be, does he want me to do it, or are we going to do like a tag team, uh, so to speak? He said, oh, he said, we'll, we'll both do a message. I've got some things Holy Spirit has placed on my heart. And he asked, did you get the text message I sent out um, to the church? And I said, no, I didn't, and found out there was several other folks that didn't get it as well. And so he sent it out again, and after I read it, I was looking at it, and I said, wow. I said, that's amazing, because that's exactly what I prepped the night before was along those same exact lines. Um, um, not knowing what what Holy Spirit had laid on my on his heart was the same thing the Holy Spirit was laying on my heart as well. Um, and I think that's important because some of the things that we talk about here in Genesis 1 and things that people hear about Christianity and, and, and you know, spirit world and everything like that, they think that it, it's not true. Or they think it's some, something out of some sort of sci-fi movie. And it's like, oh, you guys are getting crazy and, and, and everything. That doesn't exist. You know, you guys are, are going, off the, going off the deep end, so to speak. Um, and and it's, it's really true. You know, it's, I've seen it over and over again in my life. I've seen it in the lives of um, my family members and loved ones and even some of my friends as well and and what god is saying is that it's time for us to get ready because what's coming and i don't know what it is that's coming but whatever's coming we have to be we have to be make sure that we're we're fit for the fight so to speak um i i kind of get that feeling like um when I used to play, when I used to play sports, there was a few of us on the team where we could just look at each other and we just knew, didn't have to say anything, we just knew that it was about to go down, so to speak, you know, and, and I feel like what God is saying is, I'm looking for my, my road warriors, you know, who are the ones that I'm going to take with me because I've got some stuff that's coming and you guys got to be prepared and I want to send you to all these different places, but he's really trying to see who's going to make it through boot camp. So what God is saying is boot camp is coming into an end right now and we've got to get ready for whatever's going, whatever's going to be coming. Um, and so let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. Some familiar scriptures that we're, gonna, we're going to cover today. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Okay. I'll wait, make sure everyone gets there. Some of us have new Bibles, and it takes a little bit longer to get there. Amen. (laughs) All right, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, underline whole, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yes, there is a battle in the spirit world between God and Satan. But Satan is not fighting God directly because he's not strong enough to fight God. So we are the soldiers in this battle. And so what is the devil going to do? He's going to go ahead and attack us. And it's important for us to recognize that, to know that, yes, 
the devil hates God. He hates everything that he stands for, but he can't go to God directly and try to attack him. He tried that, quote unquote, so to speak, when he was Lucifer and look what happened to him. So he knows that he can't get away with that. So he looks at every single one of us as children of God and says, oh, you know what? I'm going to attack you because I can't get to him, but I hate him. So I'm going to come after you because I'm not strong enough to deal with that. And so for us, we have to recognize that we are in this battle. We are the soldiers of this war and we're standing up for God. And so the enemy is going to come after us. All right. You think about the president of the United States. It's nearly impossible to get close enough to the president of the United States to assassinate him if you want to do that. Yes, it's happened in history. But if you if you follow history, you see that security measures were put in place. So what do you do? You go after the, 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 the people that the president that stands for what the president believes in. You go after the soldiers that are overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan, et cetera, like that. When you watch ISIS, ISIS is not going to attack the president directly because they can't get close enough. So what do they do? They attack the soldiers. So what we have to make sure that we're doing is making sure that we're getting ready. So today's message I'm calling get fit, getting fit because we have to make sure that we're fit for this battle that, that's coming up. And just like uh, an athlete has to prepare um, for a game that's coming up the same way soldiers have to prepare for war, we have to make sure that we're preparing for war by getting ourselves not physically fit, but getting ourselves spiritually fit. Amen? Okay, so let's pick it up here um, in verse uh, thir- in verse 12 again. So Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breast- breastplate of righteousness, and having having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always, underline always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, underline in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay? So again, as we see, there's, in order for us to get fit for this battle, we have to make sure that we've got all of our armor on. We have to make sure that we recognize that we are in this battle. You can't just... Go to sleep and just think that whatever's going to happen tomorrow does not concern me. The things that happen around the world, oh, it doesn't concern me because that's thousands and thousands of miles away. And understand that there's things spiritually that are happening that are going to impact every single one of us as a child of God. So how do you get fit? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to make the decision that, you ha- that it's time to get in shape spiritually. Okay? So let's go ahead and let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. So we're talking about now making sure that you, you've got to make the decision that it's time to get in shape. The same way when you step on the scale or you go to the doctor's office and the doctor says, Hey, yeah, you know, so here's what's going on with your health, you know. And you got to cut this out and I want you exercising and all of that. It's the same thing spiritually. You have to make that decision as God is telling you. Time to get fit. Time to get fit. You got to at some point say, all right, you know what? It is time for me to go ahead and get fit. So Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. Okay. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. 
But lay up your treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's the kind of operative scripture there, verse 24, is really making that decision on what it is that you want to do. So where is your, where is your heart? Um, for those that, that may be hearing this that aren't saved, or any of us here that may be having conversations with someone that's not saved, really that's kind of their first decision is you got to make a decision on either you're going to become saved or you're not going to become saved. And for those of us that are saved, we have to make the decision. Are we going to wholeheartedly follow God or are we just going to follow him when things are all good and we don't want to, you know, when things get bad, we just decide, eh, I'm going to turn, turn my back on it because I don't like this Christianity thing. It's getting a little bit too tough. Um, and if you read scripture and you really understand what scripture is talking about, there's nothing in here that says as a Christian, you're going to walk around with this cheesy Kool-Aid smile on your face all day long, like nothing bad is ever going to happen. It's a struggle, if you will, quote unquote, to be a Christian because Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations. Amen. So we have to make sure that we're making the conscious decision to actually serve God no matter what the situation is going going to be because we can't serve God and mammon. And also God said as well that, you know, I wish you were hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my out of my mouth. So you think about that. Where are you going to be? Are you going to be on the fence or are you going to make a decision that, you know what, I'm going to go walk in a straight and narrow knowing it's going to be challenging or I'm going to take the what I think is the easy way out because it seemed like the easy way out before I became saved. But in reality, it's just the devil just really sitting back and saying, I'm not worried about you. I can get you whenever I want. So I'm going to let you think that everything is, is OK. I'm going to keep your eyes blinded so that you as you're walking down this path, you think, oh, gosh, it's so much easy. Look at that Christian over there. I mean, they're just not struggling making ends meet. I mean, look at the car that they're driving and look what I have and you know look at this house that I have you know and everything like that look at my clothes and look at that all oh, that poor Christian I don't want to do that and then Sundays I get to go to the game I got tickets for this, this, this awesome football game that I'm going to go to and oh that poor person's got to go sit in that hot room with the fans running and they're sitting in there waving fans because it's so hot and they do, that's how they spend their Sundays and they don't realize that long term that Christian is going to church and they're praying because they were looking on running the race and they're not laying their treasures up in the things on earth. They're laying their treasures up on the things in heaven. So now once you've made that decision that it's time to get spiritually fit, now it's time to actually create your workout plan. Let's go ahead and turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter three, and we're going to start in verse one. And this is another familiar scripture. We've been here before as well. Praise God. I'll wait for everyone to, to get there. First okay. Kings chapter three, verse one. Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then brought, brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for them in the name of the Lord until those days. 
And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in his statues, walking in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king of Gibeon to sac- now, now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar at Gibeon. The Lord, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, "Ask, what shall I give you?" And Solomon said, "You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart, in heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day." Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to, how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long, asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So what does this have to do with creating that workout plan, that action plan. You've made the decision to get fit, so what does this have to do with creating that, that action plan? Well, if you see there, Solomon was pretty specific about what it was that he was asking for, okay? And if we go back, thinking back in, in Matthew chapter 6 there, where Jesus said, don't lay your, your, your heart on the, on the things of the earth, but lay it on the treasures of heaven, that's exactly what Solomon was doing there. He decided, you know what? I'm going to not ask for to be the greatest ruler of all time so that, you know, thousands and thousands of years from now, when you look in the history books, you say, well, who's the greatest leader? Oh, it was Solomon. That's not what he asked for. He said, Lord, you've entrusted me with this. And the scripture also talks about um, if you can't be, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you can't be trusted with with, with the little that I give you, then I can't give you more. And what Solomon is saying here is you've given me this great responsibility. I have no idea what I'm doing. So give me an understanding heart so I can make the right decisions on the behalf of the people that you have, that you have given me. And so he was very, very, very specific about that, okay? Um, some other scriptures that kind of link to this, and we won't go there now, but James chapter 4. In that, in that scripture talks about you don't have because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you don't get because you ask amiss. And so if Solomon here were to say, hey, let me be the greatest king of all time, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty easy to accomplish, right? You can just go off and just start kind of killing everybody off and have them be fearful of you and everything like that. And you may get a lot of things done. And you will be going down in history as a, as a king. might not be for what you want. You know, you think about some of the, the, the dictators in the past, like Hitler's and, and whatnot like that. They almost accomplished their goals, but they're not what we would consider, obviously, great leaders. And obviously, they didn't do things in a, he didn't do things in a line with God, okay? So, um... Making sure that your, your, your heart is focused on the things of heaven and not the things on this earth. Now, the other piece that's, that's connected to that as well is 
God said that I will give you the desires of your heart. Okay? In scripture, we just read about the importance of pr- praying in the spirit. So if you have that connection with Holy Spirit, you make this decision to follow Christ and you've got this connection with the Holy Spirit, the desires of your heart change. It's no longer, Lord, I would like to get that Cadillac Escalade. It's, Lord, I'm looking for a bigger vehicle because I want to go take food to the needy. Oh, I got some friends that can't get to church that I would love to swing by and pick them up. We want to plan family road trips, whatever the case may be. And then when you do that, now it's not about this seventy, eighty thousand dollar vehicle that you can't afford. It's about now he can say, I'm going to give you that Dodge Caravan, okay? And not knocking anyone that owns a Dodge Caravan or anything like that. So, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, what you ask for starts to change, and then he can start blessing you with that because now your desires are in tune with the Holy Spirit. And then so if you ask him based off what Holy Spirit put in your heart, then he'll actually be able to give you the desires of your heart. He's not going to give you that Escalade because that's not what Holy Spirit is saying, hey, when you go to God the Father, he's saying, ask for a vehicle that's bigger because I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something really nice. He's not saying to you, go ahead and ask for that Cadillac Escalade because God knows that you wouldn't be able to handle that Cadillac Escalade and all the other things that are going to go along with that. So making sure that your, 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 your spirit is in line with the Holy Spirit aligns, uh, allows you to actually pray and ask God for what it is that he wants to actually give you. Think about a friend, family member, a loved one, or somebody at work could even be. Whenever they came to you and asked you for something that wasn't aligned with what you wanted to do, how fast were you, were you willing to actually help them, right? You think about that. If, it, if they came to you and, and you're just sitting there like, man, I really, really want to give this person that car or something like that, but I'm just waiting for them to ask. Just waiting for them to ask. When they finally ask you, how quickly are you to say, here are the keys to the vehicle, and how happy are you? And, then how, and how much are you involved after that trying to help sure that they continue to go down the right path? when they're in line with what you want to do. God is no different, okay? When you ask for something based off of what he's putting in your heart, he can jump to it much quicker because now it's, I can trust you now. Then what else does it say in Scripture in Malachi? Malachi chapter 3 talks, talks about God says, test me now to see if I won't open up the windows of heaven for you, so give, blessing you more than for, basically, basically uh, blessing you more than what you can actually receive, what, what you can take in. So now when you start praying and say, Lord, I just need a vehicle that's big enough to do this, 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 and this, then God can say, all right, I'm going to give you that and I'm going to see how you do with that. Then if I can trust you, not only will I give you something better, but you won't, it'll, you won't even be able to imagine what it is that I'm actually going to give you. And then on top of that, like he did with Solomon, he gave him all sorts of other things that he didn't even ask for. Amen. So having that, being on that one accord with the Holy Spirit will allow God to, to, to work. So as you're creating this workout plan, make sure you're talking with Holy Spirit. Because when you talk with Holy Spirit, what it'll do is it'll, it'll force you to understand why you're asking for what you're asking for. So if you're not talking with Holy Spirit, you'll say, all right, Lord, you know what? I want this six-bedroom house with ten bathrooms, and meanwhile, you're a single person, um, no plans to get married or anything like that. Well, what do you need with a six-bedroom house, okay? When you have the Holy Spirit in there, the Holy Spirit is going to check you a little bit and poke you and say, why are you asking for a six-bedroom house? What are you going to do with that? You have one job. You're by yourself. You can't afford the, the electricity that's going to be with that house because that's going to be an astronomical number to go along with that. You know you're not going to clean it because you work 10, 12-hour days, and so you're going to come home, you're going to eat, and you're going to go to sleep. Why would you 
you want that, you know? And so that allows you to then have kind of that, that dialogue with Holy Spirit around, you know what? Maybe that's not what I'm asking for. Maybe, maybe it's really something else. Maybe it's a little two-bedroom apartment is what I'm needing. And so now when you go to God the Father, he can say, yes, that's exactly what I wanted you to ask for. So bang, I'm going to go ahead and give this to you. And then as you start showing him that you can upkeep that and you can clean that, then if he sees that there's a need for you to have a six-bedroom, ten-bathroom house, he's going to give you that, okay? He's going to give you the ability to, to be able to pay for the utilities. He may even have you hire a, um, a butler or a maid or something that can clean it because he knows you're not going to be able to, you know? Or maybe you've decided that, you know what? I did so well cleaning this two-bedroom apartment. I'm going to do really, really well with that six-bedroom house, amen? So, so aligning yourself with that, um, again, your desires being the same desires as God is going to allow God to really, really start, start, start moving miraculously um, in your life. I think about, you know, my wife and I, we talk about the, the first vehicle we bought um, after we got married was a little uh, Chevy Corsica. Um, and it literally lasted only a year, <laughs> you know. And I remember at times she would tell me, she said, you know, every time I went food shopping and I get to the stop sign at the end, she said, I just sit there and pray and pray and pray because every time I get there, the car would shut off and it wouldn't want to turn back on. My brother who lived in the same apartment complex could say, I could tell when you were home because I could hear the car coming in. It sounded like a truck, you know. And so just sitting here thinking about that, I'm like, wow, I can't believe we had that car. But, but you know, what, what, what Holy Spirit showed me was that he had to give us that to show us that, to make sure that our hearts were in alignment, alignment with his. And then on top of that, what he was also working on was having these other vehicles being created that were never created before with, with, with a certain body style and some of the features that we were looking for. So as that car died, we were able to upgrade to another car. And then when that car went, then it was, here's this, and et cetera, like that. You know, so d- during that whole process, being able to show God that whatever you give us, we're going to go ahead and we're going to treat it like it's gold, you know, because you gave it to us. So that poor little Chevy Corsica that was there, we treated that thing so well, <laughs> even though it was two different paint colors and, and all of that. And the uh, 30 minutes for the heat to come in, I'd go to work in the wintertime and you had to drive from South Salem to Kaiser. So if anyone knows, you know, distance here in, in Salem, that's it's not exactly the quickest trip and I remember getting in there going to work having to put on my, my gloves and put my scarf around my neck because the heater wouldn't kick in until actually I got into the office and was getting ready to park the car so you know but, but being faithful with that and just saying Lord thank you for this car I appreciate it because all we needed was something to get us from point A to point B um, that the bus wasn't going to allow us to do amen so as you're creating your workout plan ask God for specifics but also make sure that you're in alignment you're talking with Holy Spirit so that he can tell you what you need to go to God the Father and ask. And when you do those things, what God will also do is that he will also rebuke, rebuke the devourer because now it's, Lord, I need this and I need that. And he's saying, yep, that's exactly what you're going to ask for. And I see the enemy over here trying to work his way over there, but don't worry, I'm going to take care of him. Amen. So just make sure it's specific and it's aligned with what, um, with what God is wanting you to do. The next thing you have to do which is always the fun part, is now you actually got to exercise. So let's go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. So we've made the decision that, you know, it's time, to, it's time for us to go ahead and get healthy. We started creating our work, our, our workout plan. Now the fun begins, and it's time to actually start exercising. So Romans chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. It 
I'll just going to wait for everyone to get there. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So that's showing, you know, as we're we're here on this earth, you know, our lives are to be a living sacrifice to God. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So. Getting to that point of exercising, you've got this plan created, you know what you have to do, you've spoken with your doctor and everything, and so it's time to actually get started. Well, mentally, you also have to be prepared as well. And so it's not easy to wake up at, let's say, 530 in the morning and go for a run. You can lay there and say, oh, you know what, I can just lay here another hour and I'll be good. Then I can get up and get ready and go to work and I don't have to go out there and do all of that stuff. So part of actually getting to the point of exercising spiritually is getting yourself mentally prepared because that's the hardest hurdle to overcome. Um, anyone that's ever played sports will will tell you that the majority of the game is 90% of it is all mental. The physical side of, of, of playing um, going through the activity of a, of a sporting event is pretty easy. It's the mental side of it that, that that's the most challenging. Um, if you've ever listened to a, a soldier talk about what was it like the first time you got out of boot camp and you were actually face-to-face with the enemy, what they'll say is, well, you know, initially, you look a little fearful, but as soon as that first shot rang out, you just went back to your training and you were able to just go out and execute. You got over the mental hurdle of it. During boot camp, the, the, the drill sergeants always talk about, I don't really care about their skill set. I just want to see what are they going to do mentally. Are they going to be able to get through that? So what we have to start doing is making sure that we're mentally prepared by, trans- by renewing our mind, by studying the Word of God, so that when it's time to actually go through the physical exercise, um, or the spiritual exercise, I should say, that we're actually, we're actually ready to, to, to go ahead and begin. Let's go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 1. <coughs> Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that your soul, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, given you as I said to Moses. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Underline that where it says do not turn from from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. 
verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the exercising part of getting spiritually fit is meditating on God's word. Didn't just say during the day, it didn't just say at night, but it said day and night. It didn't say whenever you feel like meditating on God, when you've got some spare time, it's saying that you need to be meditating on this basically throughout the day, throughout the night. So when you're doing that, and that, that's the hard part about this, this spiritual exercise, because we're all so busy running around doing a million things. Um, this never seems like there's enough hours in the day to be able to get everything done that's on your physical task list, let alone now actually have to open up my Bible, read, pray, spend some time with God. But you have to be able to meditate on it day and night. That's the physical spiritual side, if you will, of exercising and trying to get fit. So it's one thing to be able to say, yeah, you know what, I can't wait till I get home today. I want to go ahead and read the Bible and I'm going to spend some time with God. It's a whole other ball game when you get home and you realize, oh, wait, I got to do laundry, I got to do this, I got to do that and that and that. And then when you put all of that together on your task list, you say, well, man, when do I have time to actually, when, when can I actually talk to God? So you've got to be able to make sure that you're meditating on the Bible um, day and night. Because like I said, making the plan is a lot easier than it is to actually, than actually executing the plan. So as Pastor Cobb was talking earlier about, you know, spending uh, even a, a minute, you know, for the, for, for, you know, the next several, several weeks and months and however long the Lord would guide, at 6 o'clock being able to spend some time just praying for the nation. That's something that you can do as part of your, your, your spiritual exercise. When you're waking up in the morning, if you are on a, you know, you, if you do exercise, regularly physically when you wake up in the morning being able to first pray and thank God for waking you up and helping him get you through you know your, your workout um, I know one of the things for me the, the hardest part is, is always getting up to actually go out and, and go for a run but I know during that time I'll put my headphones on and either I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to some Christian music and I'm kind of just letting God talk to me while I'm actually going out and doing my exercise and the interesting thing about that is when I do that Getting through the through the workout is so much easier, and I'm because I'm not focused on okay, I got to breathe right, I got to go down here, go down around the corner, like oh my gosh, I got to go all the way down there and back. Gee whiz, I want to hurry and get back. I'm tired of doing this. No, that doesn't go through my mind. It's God talking talking to me. He could be talking to me directly, or it could be a couple of words of a song that I'm saying I'm listening to, and He's saying, yeah, you're gonna need that when you get into the office today, you know. And so it's 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 easy to just sit there and say, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it, but then actually going out and doing it is a whole of the ball game. So renewing your mind spiritually and making it a priority and building it into your day is something that's, that will help you actually get this, this spiritual exercise so that you're ready for the fight. Because one thing about making sure that you're ready is that you never know when the battle is going to come. It's not like a sports event when you know, okay, a week from now or tomorrow I'm going to go out and I'm gonna, we're going to go play against this other team. When it comes down to war, you have no idea when it's actually going to come. And so what God is saying is you have to be ready. Other places in Scripture talks about being watchful. We looked at a couple of scriptures earlier that, that mentioned a few times about being diligent and being prepared and, and, and persevering. So you don't know when this battle is going to come. You didn't ask to be attacked by Satan, right? None of us signed up to be a Christian, so to speak, saying that, yeah, come on, Satan, come and attack me. That, that We didn't ask for that. But because we're choosing to follow God, he's saying, yeah, I hate your guts and I'm coming after you. So we have no choice but to be, but to be ready for whatever it is that God, whatever um, battles God is going to be sending us on. 
the last thing that you do um, when you're after you're done with your workout is you gotta kind of reflect and you gotta you gotta look back, you know. So if you do any kind of journaling, being able to journal how your day your day went, what it was that God was talking to you about, what did you ask Him for that He either answered or you're still waiting for a response on, um, how you see His hand moving in your everyday life. Those things, if you write those things down, you can then go back and you can kind of reflect and look at, okay, what do I need to do differently? If you've ever been to a gym and you watch a, somebody that's actually into bodybuilding, whether they're a professional bodybuilder or they're getting prepared, you'll see them staring in the mirror and they're flexing and they're doing all of this stuff. And, you know, sometimes they may be looking like, what is he doing, you know? And he's not doing that to admire what he's built, so to speak. He's looking for weak spots, okay? He's looking to see, all right, is the bicep the shape that I really, really want it to be? How does my legs look? Because he knows that he's going to have to go to a competition later on and have to go up there and actually, if he wants to get first place, he's got to make sure that his physique is, is, is what he wants it to be. So as we reflect and we, and we just learn and we listen to God, that's our ability to identify what are our weak spots, okay? So if we know that, yes, I want to get up every single morning, the first thing I want to do is I want to go to the bathroom, close the door, and get on my knees and start praying, well, you have to be able to look back and say, how, how, when did I actually do that and why was I able to do that? Well, is there something differently that I need to do? And it's not saying that you're doing it absent God. God can tell you all day long what you need to do. At some point, you've got to make the decision to actually go and do it. So being able to say, you know what? That worked. I got up at 5.30. I went and I prayed. How did my day go? It went great because I was able to talk to God. He gave me direction, and I did exactly what he told me to do. So now next time as I'm creating this next plan and I'm adjusting my, my current plan, now I'm going to go and make sure that, okay, 5.30, I'm going to set my alarm, and I'm getting up no matter how I feel. I'm going to force myself out of the bed because God actually wants to talk to me. Amen. Amen. So, again, uh, to be able to get spiritually fit for the battle, you have to first make the decision to get in shape spiritually. You got to then create your plan by talking to God and asking for specifics and making sure that you're, you're talking with Holy Spirit so he can tell you what to ask for. Then you've got to just go out and do the exercise, um, read your Bible and pray and stick to what God is telling you that he wants you to do. And then you just reflect and adjust your plan based off of the, the, the weaknesses that you're, that you're seeing or the things that you may, you may still be struggling with. Amen. Well, I pray that this message was a blessing to you, and I'm going to turn it to Pastor Cobb for any closing remarks. Praise God.